0: that there are people uh, who are wondering, well, why would we do this for a month of the year and have the kids here at the service? There are a couple of important reasons. Uh, The first one is we're one church and these kids need to experience their church family. They need to know that there's a whole bunch of people who are here for them, to support them and to walk with them in this Christian life. You know, there's a lot of kids who grow up in church these days and they get into the later stages of youth group, and they still have no idea who the pastor is you know, because they've always been in other environments. And I want these kids not only to know who their church family is, but I want them to know who their pastor is. And that's important, isn't it? Uh, so, so last Sunday, we talked about Jesus as the example for us in all areas of development, whether it's intellectual, physical, spiritual, or social And today we're going to the Old Testament book of 2 Kings, and we're going to be at chapter 5. And in 2 Kings 5, we're going to see one of the most compelling stories in all of Scripture, and it is about a little maid, a little maid. And so once again, I'm going to need some help today. Uh, I need some silent actors for some special parts, and I'm also going to need some extras to help us uh, portray emotion and I hope you kids have been practicing this week on your body language and your expressions because last week every time I said a different emotion it was the same body language and same expression okay so we've got to work hard on this yeah so I'm going to need help with this so any of you kids who want to help today uh, to be in a part of this presentation come right up here on the front come right up here on the front any of you kids who want to help out today come right up here on the front here we go And we'll pick our cast this morning. Come on, come on, come on. Okay. Here we go. That's quite a crew. I like this. It's good. Okay. So we're going to start. We need all the girls on this side. All the girls on this side. Okay. Now let me look at you. Okay. Stand up tall. Stand up tall. All you girls. Pastor Cole, who's the shortest girl? Okay. Come here. You're coming right up here. You are the star of the show today. Okay. Come right up here. The little maid right there. we are going to need the little maid. Okay. And then we're going to need somebody to be a captain. Huh. Who would be our best captain? You pointing at him, I'm going to pick you. All right. So we need a captain. Okay. Yeah, you guys, all you boys, go stand right down there so I can see you. Okay. And then, uh, Camille, come up here. You are going to be the captain's wife. All right? (laughs) That's a marriage made in heaven right here. So one of those uh, marriages that is a picture of hell on earth. I mean, heaven on earth. Sorry. All right, all right. Now you got to stand down here. I know you're trying to get taller, but you're already the tallest. Okay, all right. Okay, let me look here. Now I'm gonna need uh, I'm gonna need somebody to be a prophet. Okay, looking for a prophet. That's the guy right here. That's the prophet. Okay, now the prophet needs his own servant. Okay. And who better to serve the prophet than his older brother? (laughs) All right? I like this. This is good. This is good stuff. Okay, so we got that. And then we need a guy to be the king of Israel. Hmm. You look like the king of Israel. Okay? Now, just, just to tell you, the king of Israel in this story, he's not a good guy. Okay, and you don't, can't say that word at church, but I love you. All right, so here we go. She's so standing right here. Okay, so you're the king of Israel, and then we need a really bad guy to be the king of Syria. Uh, I think this should be the king of Syria right here. Okay, king of Syria. Okay, and then we need uh, we need all of you girls are going to be the servants of... Uh, along with the slave girl up here, and uh, let's see, you two guys right here are going to be servants of Naaman, the captain, right up here, and you three guys right here, come here, come here, come here, you three guys, you're the servants of this guy, all right, so we got everybody in this, we got everybody in this, all right, now let's talk it through, all right, now let's, let's just have a practice, okay, all of you kids, look out at the audience. So look out at the audience. Okay, I want you to act, make the motion that you're very afraid. Okay, so that's, that's a little better. All right, now I want you to act like you're very sad. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. By the way, if you're sad, you don't smile. Okay, just throwing that in. All right. Now I want you to act like you are happy. (laughs) Extremely happy. Okay, very good. So, our little servant girl right here, she worked for Mrs. Naaman. And they heard that Mr. Naaman had leprosy, which is a really bad disease. And his skin was falling off, and it was no good. And she said, you know what? I'm from Israel, Israel. And there's a prophet in Israel who could heal him. And all of a sudden, the king heard about it. The king of Syria. There's this guy right here. The king of Syria, he wrote a letter to the king of Israel. And he said, fix my captain. When the king of Israel heard it, he started crying. Because he was very afraid. He said, I can't fix him. Who am I, God? And the prophet said, send them to me. No, you don't, you don't actually say it. I'm saying That's good. All right, so send them to me. So they sent them to him, and uh, he sent his messenger out to go tell him, go dip seven times in the Jordan River, and you'll be healed. And uh, Naaman said, I don't want to dip in the Jordan River. It's dirty. It's like Lake Lowell. It's no good. I don't want to dip in the Jordan River. you're not supposed to talk I'm the one who talks this is a silent movie it's a silent movie All right. so he said I don't want to dip there and his servant said master we came all this way you guys bow down and talk to him master master we came all this way why not just try it so he went and he went to the Jordan River and he dipped no he dipped (laughs) once and he came back up he still had leprosy he dipped again he came back up He's still in leprosy. He dipped again and again and again and again and again. And when he came up the seventh time, he was healed. Good job, everybody. Good job. Thank you very much. You did a great job. All right. Good job. Okay. I know it's going to take a second to get it all settled back in here, okay? Good job, kids. We're so glad to have you in here. And we're going to do our best to cover this entire chapter today, but we really want to focus on these first six verses, and so that's what we'll read as we get started. Second Kings chapter 5, I hope you'll turn over there. As Pastor Cole mentioned, we have serve night tonight, and uh, I hope you can come and just be a part in some way uh, if there, you know, if, if there's nothing up to your speed uh, in the project list, then we always can dust the uh, chairs here in the auditorium. The legs get dusty. Uh, but we have uh, some carpet cleaning to do. We have our own carpet cleaner. We have some touch-up paint to do. Uh, we also have to restain some benches and some stairs out by the youth room, by the modular uh, we have to move some desks and chairs and things in this building. And uh, and then uh, there's a tree out by the flagpoles that needs trimmed. So if that's your speed, bring some little lop shears or hand shears. Uh, we need to remove some wo- uh, weeds out back. Restain some benches by the basketball court and a little bit of weed eating. And then uh, the basketball fence. And the basketball court just need a little bit of help. The court needs about 10 guys to pull it over about that far. Uh, It keeps sliding for some reason. And then the whole fence uh, on the basketball court and by the playground has come detached from the posts at the bottom. And so we need that to be put back together. So if you could help with any of that uh, as an individual, as a family, as a life crew, I hope you'll do that tonight. And I also hope that you'll come Wednesday night for this special workshop even if you've taken class 301 even if you're already involved in ministry it's a great refresher it's a great time of renewal and you get free pizza so there we go Uh, so this Wednesday I hope you'll come and do that and we're going to have a great time together and thank you very much 2 Kings chapter 5 now Naaman captain of the host of the king of Syria was a great man with his master, and honorable. Because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria, he was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel, a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of Ramah. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And we're going to talk about uh, this little maid and how her faith changed the life of this Syrian captain and how her faith changed his entire family's story for generations to come. And uh, so let's talk about it this morning. We have special kid notes uh, in the kid bulletin today, and we also have adult notes in the adult bulletin. So let's start with this. She had a good attitude in a bad situation. She had a good attitude in a bad situation. Now, this really does apply to all of us, doesn't it? And this isn't just for kids. To have a good attitude in a bad situation. And we don't know exactly how this little maid, how old she was, but we do know that she had been taken away from everything and everyone she'd ever known to be a slave in a strange land. And she had been assigned to work for this wife of Naaman. Now, we don't know what working age was. It might have been eight years old or 10 or 12, 14, not sure. But if you just stop for just a second and think about her situation, can you imagine being a little child and being taken away from your home taken away from your family, taken away from your friends, taken away from everything that you know. It Really, it's heartbreaking to even think about it. And this was happening to thousands of children in 895 B.C., which is about when this happened. Sadly, it's still happening to children all over the world today. As believers, we should care deeply about justice for those who are mistreated and abused, in this way. And this is really it's a hard issue to grasp. Uh the organization Ark of Hope says that up to 300,000 Americans 18 and under are lured into commercial human trafficking every year. And I've talked to Senator Jim Rice, what our senator for our district here in Caldwell. And he is really pushing in the state of Idaho to get better laws on this because he tells me that there are hundreds of kids here in our own state who are affected by this every year. And, and many people don't even know about it because they're taken from poor communities and they're taken from places where they don't get much attention. And, and so I was hearing about this from Ark of Hope, and, and then I saw just the other day in a major newspaper that human trafficking is a $32 billion industry worldwide. It's just unbelievable. Uh, the World Children Organization claims that 6 million adults and 4 million children are trafficked worldwide every year. Most to be forced into labor. Uh, 55% of all victims are women and girls. But 98% of those who are trafficked for exploitation are women and girls. Now listen to me as long as there's sin, there will be slavery. But God wants his children to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. We're supposed to be helpers of the helpless. And there's some great Christian organizations out there that have one purpose, abolishing slavery everywhere. And one of those, you should look it up, it's a great organization, it's called A21. And it's led by Christine Kane. These are modern day abolitionists in 14 locations worldwide fighting a very difficult fight with spiritual warfare that is hard to even imagine. Only 1% of people who are forced into human trafficking are ever recovered. Only 1%. And I realize that some people blame God for this, but they should look realistically at the fact that all slavery is caused by sin. And God is the solution to human trafficking, not the problem. Okay? Okay. Uh, God's the solution to everything. And you think about this little girl who had been enslaved. She is really in a hopeless situation. Uh, The cavalry is not coming for her. And yet, her faith chose to have a good attitude when certainly this was not her dream situation. Viktor Frankl, who endured concentration camps during Nazi Germany said that the last of the human freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. It's the last of the human freedoms. And and Frankl said, you always have a choice on how to respond. You always have a choice on what your attitude will be. And There are many times when kids and, and even adults say things like, well, she made me angry. Or he pushed my buttons. Or, or she forced me to yell. Or he made me be mean to him. And uh, this little girl, if anybody ever had an excuse, she had an excuse to be unkind and indifferent and to alienate herself from the humanity of her slaveholders. But she was subject to them. And she had recognition of their heartaches. It's easy for us to only think about ourselves and our pain and our needs. And yet this little maid was able to open her heart to the needs of those around her, even the ones who were masters over her. Another one of the great Christian justice warriors in our time is a man named Bob Goff. And I would encourage every person uh, to get on Amazon today and get both of his books or whatever website you use. He has two books. Uh, The first book is called Love Does. D-O-E-S. It is a incredible book. Love does. His second book, which is pretty new just out this year, is called Everybody Always. And uh, those will both be life-changing books for you. Bob is an attorney and he has volunteered countless uh, numbers of hours to help children who have been disfigured and dismembered by witch doctors in Uganda. Now, witch doctors regularly kidnap children because that's what they use for their sacrifices, for their rituals. Now, one particular little eight year old boy was walking home from school when he was abducted by the head of the witch doctors, a wicked man named Cobby. And Cobby took Charlie in the brush, uh, he disfigured him as part of a satanic ritual, and he left him for dead. Well, Charlie didn't die, he survived. And Bob flew from California to go and meet Charlie and to see him and to help him. And he tells the amazing story of his recovery and his surgeries that were donated by the staff at Cedars-Sinai in Los Angeles. And Charlie went back to Uganda, and he was brave enough as just a little boy to testify in open court in his own trial and to point his finger at the guy who hurt him to identify the witch doctor, even though everybody in the courtroom, including the judge, was deathly afraid of the guy. And uh, this little boy's courageous attitude, uh, his bravery changed the way that an entire country of people treated these horrific crimes. But that's not the end of the story. Uh, Bob Bob Goff, he says this in a humorous way and and yeah, you would love his book, but Bob says that God would not leave him alone about seeking a meeting with Kabi, the witch doctor. He said God wanted him to go meet the witch doctor, who's in maximum security prison for the rest of his life, and in Uganda, that is not a good situation, all right? They don't just give you a hint. They don't have televisions in maximum security prison in Uganda. They don't have air conditioning. They don't have three squares a day. It's not what we think of as as a prison. And, And so Bob was able to gain access to this maximum security prison because he's the honorary consul for the Republic of Uganda. And he went into this dark room to meet with this disgusting human being. And the disgusting human being said to him, I know I'm going to die in here. What I really need is forgiveness. And Bob did not believe a word of it at first. But he met with Cobby again and again and again. And after many conversations, he realized that Cobby sincerely wanted to put his faith and his life in the strong and forgiving arms of Jesus. Now, Cobby's still in prison. He's going to die there. But recently, he stood up in the prison courtyard, and he told 3,000 dying men about the new life he'd started with Jesus. Bob says that the message that he gave was the very worst gospel message he's ever heard. Uh, It was garbled. It was halting. He barely got anything right. And here's how Bob describes it. I love how he said it. He said, by the time he was done... I wondered if I even believed in Jesus anymore. (laughs) But Cobby's history and his testimony, because the Spirit of God filled in all of the words, and when he finished, hundreds of hardened criminals walked to the front of the courtyard weeping, ready to give their lives to Jesus. And since this happened, Bob has met with almost a 1,000 witch doctors in person and told them the truth about their crimes. But he's also told them the truth about God. And he's learned their personal stories. Most of them don't know how to read or write. They've grown up under the occult. And so Bob Goff and his team started a school to teach witch doctors how to read and write. The only books they have in the school are the Bible and Love Does. And and bad guys who used to sacrifice children are now learning their ABCs. Many of them end up giving their lives to Christ. Because there is no love without justice. But there's also no justice without love. And think about it. Naaman, owner of a slave girl, one of the leaders in taking children as captives is going to find the grace and mercy of God in his life. And we would say he doesn't deserve it. But then again, neither do I. And neither do you. If we deserved it, it wouldn't be grace. And we are just as much criminals as Naaman. I have to tell you another part of the witch doctor story. (laughs) Not long ago, Bob, he was in San Diego, and he got a call at midnight in California. And two witch doctors in Uganda uh, from the witch doctor school told him that a little boy had been abducted by a new witch doctor in town. And they knew where the guy was. And they wanted to know what Bob thought that they should do. And he told them, get the kid. That's what you should do. Go get him. Four hours later... He got two short text messages um, from two, two men who used to do unthinkable wrongs, but have now experienced the power of love and acceptance and grace. The first text said, we've rescued the child. And the second text said, he's with his mother. You know, it's hard to swallow. It really is. But both slaves and slave owners need Jesus. Both victims and criminals need Jesus. Both offended and offenders need Jesus. And this little maid, who already had God in her life, showed forth a good attitude in a very bad situation. Let's talk about this next part. She believed that God was real. She believed that God was real. Look at verse 3 again. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that's in Samaria. See, the little maid is now in a land where people didn't worship the one true God. And yet she boldly showed forth her faith, even in her daily conversation. She didn't allow her surroundings to shape her outlook toward God. And, and much like Daniel would do 300 years later, that she didn't let her circumstances change the reality of God in her life. See, if God is real in your life, it won't matter who your parents are or where you go to school or what neighborhood you live in or what your current situation happens to be. You will naturally talk about God as being alive and well in spite of how the people around you view him. And she just matter-of-factly said, would God, my Lord, were with the prophet. Now, boys and girls, uh, listen to me just for a second. I have to warn you. There are some adults out there. Now, certainly not in this room, right? But there are some adults out there who have lost their boldness for God. And here, they say things that show their lack of courage. They say things like, we should love God, but we should just keep it on the inside. We should love God, but we don't want to offend anyone by talking about God. And we should love God, but there's no reason to wear faith on your sleeve. Boys and girls, don't ever lose your boldness for God. It's fine to talk about him anywhere, at any time, with anybody. Don't you let anybody steal that from you. If God is real in your life, why would you not talk about him? I mean, you're not supposed to talk about your family because you don't want to offend anyone? Are you not supposed to talk about ice cream if you like it? Are you not supposed to talk about your baseball team if they won? Why is it that the culture says we can talk about everything else, but not about God? tell you why. Because they hate God. They use God as a curse word. They say they don't believe Him, but when they hit their thumb with a hammer, we find out they believe Him. Because they say his name. And listen to me. Don't let the culture tell you how you're supposed to think about your own God. Why is it that we can talk about everything but our Savior? That just makes no sense. He's the reason we exist. There's nothing without him. And we can do nothing without him. And she believed that God was real. Here's the third one, though. Kids, you ready? Here's the third one. She wanted God's best for others. She wanted God's best for others. Now, we already talked about the fact that the little maid had been forced into slave labor. We don't know how well this little girl had been treated by this Syrian family, but we do know that her intentions toward them were good and that she wanted God's best for them. And when she heard that Naaman had the horrible disease of leprosy. She desired that he would be healed. Now, this is true worldwide. Most people don't want God's best for those who have mistreated them or placed them in bad situations. Most people don't love their enemies or pray for those who despitefully use them. But Jesus came along and said, that's what we should do. And then he backed it up on the cross when he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And yeah, Those penetrating words of Jesus are what kept hitting Bob Goff and keeping him up at night to the point that he went to visit Kobe in that prison. This little girl had the same godly desire within her. She wanted good for other people. You know, anger and jealousy are horrible heart guests. They don't want good for other people, and they always hurt the vessel most that carries them. You carry anger around in your heart for decades, you know who it's going to hurt the most? You. You carry unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment in your life for a long time. It's just going to wound you deep and deeper and deeper. And the truth is, when we get hurt, and when we have resentment inside of us, there are times where we secretly want to see other people suffer. There are times when we secretly cheer when other people have a problem or when they get hurt. And I'm here to tell you that God's love and God's forgiveness don't act that way. When we want others to have problems, we're not showing Jesus in our lives. When we laugh at others who get hurt, or when we make fun of people's situations, we aren't living like Christ. And she wanted God's best for others. Here's the fourth one, though. She trusted that God could heal. She trusted that God could heal. Verse 3. Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for He would recover him of his leprosy. And with her childlike faith, the little maid was certain that God's prophet would know how to heal her master. And she was sure that if Naaman could just get to God's prophet, that his life would be forever changed. You know what? She was right. Getting others into communion with God is the best case scenario for them. No matter who they are or what they've done. We have to truly believe that the God who healed us from sin can heal others too. Sometimes we think, well, that person's never going to come to God. You know, God wants us to change that around and say, boy, I'm going to pray every day that that person comes to God. Instead of saying, that person's never going to believe, we should pray every day that God will bring something into that person's life where they'll believe. Because God is the healer, and the thing that he heals most and the thing that he heals best are the souls of men. See, when God heals us physically, that's a wonderful thing, and it's a miracle, but that's temporary. Temporary. We need God to heal our soul to escape eternal death and gain eternal life. And this little girl, she had a heart of faith. She really believed that the God who healed could heal her master. And her words were so passionate that her words started bouncing around the house. And people in the house started, did you hear what the little maid said? Did you hear what the little maid said? And nobody even says her name because she's just a little maid. And most people didn't even know her name in this house. She's a nobody. She's just a little maid. And yet her words started moving because they were words of God. And by the way, when you speak the words of God, it doesn't matter who you are. It matters who he is. And if we quit worrying about who we are, we could actually accomplish something for God. God. We worry so much about our identities and our approval and what will that person think of me. It doesn't matter what they think of us. It matters what they do with Jesus. We got to step up our game on this, I'm telling you. Her words started to bounce around the house and somebody actually went in and told Naaman, hey, there's a little maid uh, from Israel and uh, she says there's a prophet in Samaria. I don't even know what that means but that Your leprosy could be gone. And Naaman, you know, he's having a lunch meeting with the king of Syria, and he just brought it up. Well, actually, he probably wasn't having a lunch meeting with the king of Syria, uh, because the king of Syria knew that he had leprosy. But the king got word, and and the king uh, sat down and wrote a letter to the king of Israel. And he sent the letter with Naaman with a bunch of gold and silver and fine clothing. And when the king of Israel got the letter, he tore his clothes and he said, Am I God to kill and to make alive? What are you coming to me with this? And I love verse number 8. It's one of my favorite verses. And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying... Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. See, the king didn't know what to do. The king didn't have faith like the little maid. He didn't have any faith at all. Uh, This was Jehoram, the unbelieving son of Ahab. And he didn't even consider the fact that God could use Elisha to heal the Syrian captain. And so Elisha says, send him over here. I'll show him there's a prophet in Israel. And Naaman shows up at Elisha's door. He's in his fancy chariot. He's got bags of gold and silver. And he goes up and has somebody knock on the door. Elisha doesn't even answer the door himself. He sends a messenger out. Go wash in the Jordan seven times and you'll be clean. Well, Naaman was upset. He's upset about a couple of things. First of all, he's upset that this great healer guy didn't even come out to meet him. Right? Doesn't he know who I am? Doesn't he know how important I am? He didn't even come out to meet me. Second thing is, he wanted nothing to do with the Jordan River. It wasn't up to Syrian standards. He said, there's plenty of great rivers in Syria where I could dip. I don't want to dip in that river. And his servants had to convince him They said, hey, we're already here. Let's just try it. He dips once in the Jordan, nothing. Twice, nothing. Seventh time. Leprosy gone. Skin like a baby. And Naaman figured out what the maid had really wanted him to know in the first place. Look at verse 15. This is what she really wanted him to know. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his company and came and stood before him, and he said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. That's what the maid really wanted him to know. And He tried to give Elisha a bunch of gifts and money, and Elisha refused. But Gehazi, Elisha's greedy servant, even though he was poor, he was greedy. And by the way, you could be poor and greedy at the same time. You could also be rich and greedy at the same time. But Gehazi sneaked out of the house, and he ran out of Naaman, and he made up a story. And Naaman, Naaman gave him bags of silver and garments. And Gehazi hid the stuff, and he went back in the house. And Elisha said, hey, Gehazi, where would you go? Well, I didn't go anywhere. And he lied. And Elisha knew he lied. And I want you to look at the saddest part of this story. Verse number 27. The leprosy therefore of Naaman shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence a leper as white as snow. Now think about this. The little girl's faith changed a family story for good. Gehazi's lack of faith changed his family story too, but not in a good way. His descendants would always be affected by his bad decision. We don't always understand how God decides these things. After all, a pagan warrior was completely healed from leprosy and a prophet servant was burdened with leprosy for life. But we do know this. The faith of a little maid in a bad situation, changed the destiny of a man and his family. Here's today's big truth as we finish up. When you're ready to live your faith, when you're ready to live your faith, God can do miraculous things through you. You don't have to be a grown-up to live for God. You don't have to be big to live for God. You just have to believe God's real, and you have to live like you believe it. Today's faith challenge is our key verse for the series. Even a child is known by his doings. Whether his work be pure and whether it be right. I hope all you boys and girls are working on that verse. As we get ready to leave today, let's talk about where we're at in our faith. This little maid showed forth some extreme faith. Uh, She had the right attitude in a bad situation. And she really believed in God. And she had the best plans and interests for other people. She believed God could heal. What do we believe? I'll tell you this. What you really believe is what you'll do this week. Right? We can say we believe a whole lot of things on Sunday when we're at church... But what we really believe is what we do on a Thursday afternoon at 3.17. What we really believe comes out in our lives during the week. And if you're in your workplace or you're in your neighborhood and you're in your environment and you're like, you know what, I don't want to mention that I'm a Christian because that's just kind of weird and I don't want anybody to be uncomfortable. Can I tell you this? You don't have the heart of the little man. The little maid said, God's my God no matter where I am and who I'm with and I'm going to talk about him. And I don't care what people think because if they've got a problem with that, they have a bigger problem than me. Their problems with God. And I hope that you'll ask God to give you the courage to do something big with your life. You know, something big may just be saying A few words. You know, the little maid, she didn't heal the guy. She didn't even take him to be healed. She didn't even talk to the guy who got healed. All she did is expressed, boy, I wish he could meet the prophet of God. If we just start expressing our faith in the way we should, God can change the lives around us. We're going to dismiss in prayer in just a second. If I could do this, all of you uh, who are disciplers, uh, or maybe you've just recently finished and we honored you today, if you have an opening in your schedule to have a new disciple, I'm going to have you go ahead and go back out in the lobby. Whether you're uh, just graduated or you've graduated years before or months before, go ahead and head out in the lobby right now. I'll let you go before dismissal prayer. If you have opening where you could sign up a disciple... I want you to go on out there, men and women, and let's see what God will do through this, okay? If you're a discipler, head on out in the lobby, and uh, and then I'm going to talk to the crowd that's still here. Uh, Look, I know that Pastor Cole said you can go sign up at the kiosks, okay? And we want you to be able to do that for everything, for serving, for next steps, whatever. But today, you don't even have to go to the kiosk, okay? Just go out there and look at the humans in the lobby, and if you happen to like one of them, walk up to them and sign up for Discipleship. Okay? And it's that easy. So today you can go out there. There's men and women. Uh, I'll be out there. I have an opening for one more guide to disciple one-on-one if you'd like to be a part of that, And uh, just talk to the people out there. Let's just keep this moving and, and do what God wants us to do. Making disciples makes a difference. It really does. That's God's model that he gave us through Jesus in the Great Commission. Let's stand, and we're going to close in a word of prayer. If you have boys and girls who came today uh, to church with you, whether they're your kids or somebody else's kids, on the way home today, uh, talk back over the message. Let's talk about our faith. Let's be real about our faith. And let's find out what God has for us uh, as his children. Father, thank you that we could be here today. Thank you for your grace in our lives. And we thank you for the testimony and example of this little maid who you used to change an entire family history. And I pray that we would be so open and honest and courageous in our faith that you would use us to reflect Jesus Christ and change this community and the world for your glory. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, everybody. Love you. Have a great day.